Here we see Bikini Bottom teeming with life, home of one of my favorite creatures, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, of course he lives in a pineapple, you silly. He started showing me little drawings, little doodles, and I remember when he showed me that square, the square SpongeBob for the first time, you know, he kind of, he was working on like an amorphous, SpongeBob originally was just like kind of a more realistic amorphous sponge. And yeah. at some point it clicked, and so he drew the square, and, I'm, and he showed it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's really <laughs> good, you know? Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're back with an amazing interview today, really one of the most important figures in spongebob history we are talking to mr derek dryman today derek was in development for the show itself in the very beginning working on creating these characters creating the stories worked on the first three seasons the first movie and in that became a supervising director and producer on the show just an awesome awesome guy this man was in the room where it happens for everything so we get all of this amazing information in this interview today as well as we touch on some of his most recent work so we're going to get into that as well so it's a wonderful interview and i'm really excited hector shall shall we get into it let's do it hope you guys enjoy i want to talk about Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. You co-directed the movie with Jennifer Kluska. What I would love to know is what was the most rewarding part of that experience, Derek? Hotel T was my first, you know, directing job on a full feature. I've been working in features for a bunch of years and yeah. I've directed uh, shorts and commercial. I, you know, I was doing commercials for a little while and, you know, and then a lot of TV stuff. So the feature was rewarding just to finish it. It was rewarding to get through it. Th those yeah. things are are so big. The level of quality of the animation and the team that Sony has, they're the, some of the best people in the world that are working there. So just working with that level of, I don't know, skill, it's just inspiring. And it would push me to be better, do better, you know, try to direct better. It's 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 hard when you have these people that are, they're the best in the world and they're looking to yeah. you, okay, what are we gonna do now? And uh, it's, it's like, <laughs> I, hope I, <laughs> I don't wanna send them down the wrong road, you know? Coming from the world of TV animation, you're very familiar with what it takes to make a cartoon for television and the mm -hmm. budgets and those constraints that you get was that something that like knowing that and then you come to the feature world were you ever surprised where you're like man if only we could do this and someone's like we can do that you're like oh whoa what <laughs> really i mean was that kind of a bit of a change for you going into the world of features well when i worked at illumination for a couple of years and mm -hmm. That's how Illumination was. You know, you could get almost any song you wanted. You could get, again, some of the greatest animators uh, in the world were, were doing it. So there was always a deadline, but if you need a little more time, you could get it most of the time. So wow. that was that was kind of an unshackling. It's like, wow, you can almost do anything you can think of, which could lead you down a rabbit hole of all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of second guessing yourself constantly. But so that was exciting because there was that was only limited by your imagination or I don't know what you could come up with or what you know what everybody liked that kind of thing that's awesome hotel t was a little different because the schedule was really compressed they wanted to get mm. it out quick so there were a lot of limitations on it and so actually the tv experience and, and jen had tv experience too and you know of course gendy has tv experience so you know we all kind of came out of television and so we knew how to make the best out of what you have and sometimes great things come out of that too 
It's you know you got to make decisions fast and then stick to them and drive it all the way yeah. through the the whole process. So it, so it's a give and take, and and it, it is exciting to have all the money in the world to make these things. But then it's not always the best because, like I said, I've seen some movies where, where uh, people just spin and they keep coming up with mm. different, oh, we can make it better, we can make it better. And in this attempt to make something great, they forget how to make something just good and how to tell a story <laughs> well. Yeah. And eventually you do run out of time and money and then it's like pencils down and you, and then sometimes you're left with like, oh, this isn't so hot. But that didn't happen. Like I said, Hotel T was nice because... We were just hit the ground running. Gendy wrote, you know, wrote a script. We made the script as he was writing it, you know, and then we would kind of tweak it as we went. And there wasn't really any time to kind of rethink, you know. Yeah, no, I, I love that. To your point, though, like if the shark had worked in Jaws, Steven Spielberg's movie would have been different. It would not have been as good. But the fact that right. that, that the robot shark didn't work, he yeah. had to pivot, and it was then the most successful, suspenseful movie of all time. So that's yeah. a great example. Yeah, that that's you know. Television's a great example of that, like television animation, right? It's super limited compared mm. to to feature, but you can make things that stick around and hit people years after you make them, and then you could have all the money in the world and make a movie, and and it uh, and it kind of fizzles, and and people forgot about it. Yeah, like on SpongeBob, it was always like try to find what kids relate to. It's always kids' stories. It's kind of what are they going through in their life. You can make a story about that. Every kid is going through. Th- that and then every adult has gone through that so they can remember what it was like you know the embarrassments (laughs) or things like that oops i guess i ripped my pants again (laughs) (laughs) once again dude you have split my sides interesting detail for hotel t is the the editor from hotel t was the editor from the spongebob show uh lynn hobson oh wow she was on all the (laughs) you know all the tv show and then she did the first movie with us so you really had an all-star crew of tv animation veterans like you you really did like everybody had that uh background that that mentality and skill set yeah that's great yeah two kind of veteran television guys worked on almost the whole show for us and did some of the, our, a lot of our boarding. And again, sometimes they would get a little too uh, theatrical with their boarding and Jen and I would have to say, okay, mm-hmm. tone it down. Remember TV, think about television. Like how, <laughs> if you had to do this for TV, how would you do it? And then <laughs> it, it kind of changes the way you have to think and stage. And But, you know, feature storyboard artists who had never worked in television, they don't, they might not understand that language or they might mm-hmm. think, oh, this is, cheap and easy you still got to be creative mm-hmm. you still have to entertain people but doing it in a way that works on television is, is a little different yeah it's all about clarity it's all about you know being able to tell that story in a clear and concise and simple way and sometimes that is more difficult i'm okay you know you're the first sea critter to ever visit i can't imagine why can i get you anything water would be nice I'm gonna put these in a vase. Take your time. You met a bunch of awesome folks on Rocco's Modern Life and eventually that would coalesce into the SpongeBob team, but even before SpongeBob, I have to mention this. Derek, you worked on Hey Arnold, Cat Dog, the Action League Now stuff for Kablam, which was so much fun. 
just kind of tell us briefly, what was it like to be at Nickelodeon at that magical time in cartoon mm-hmm. history, man? Everybody doing all these this, these great shows and this great stuff. It's funny to say it's magical. It was my first job. We were all in our 20s because it was a non-union shop. And so mm. they couldn't get the really experienced big leaguers because they were all at Disney or Warner's or those different places. So they would usually hire one or two very experienced people. Um, right. And then, and then they would hire a bunch of kids right off the street. You know, Steve was a experimental animation major. Like he wasn't even a character mm-hmm. animator. Like wow. Nickelodeon was pretty young and there weren't a lot of rules mm-hmm. yet. Someone like me could just hop around and, Hey, I'm a writer. And then they would let you write, you know, and Oh, I'm an artist too. Awesome. And then they would let you draw. It, it was, it was, yeah. they kind of just needed people to do stuff. And if you went up and said, Oh, that's what I do. Uh, then, you know, they would at least give you a chance. Today's the big day, Gary. Look at me. I'm naked. Gotta be in top physical condition for today, Gary. It feels like with every person we talk to, Derek, talking about that era, that everyone's very humble and they're like man we're just, we're just a bunch of kids we're just doing whatever but frankie and i because we're these adults who get to like analyze it we're going they had the exact right style of outsiders and people who had heart and people who like you were saying derek like kind of outside the box typically to what animation in television was happening at the time that all of these folks and everything that they were bringing to the table would lead to these great and unique Nickelodeon shows. The thing you, you touched on, you know, I really believe what makes a show, what makes a show are the people working on it. And, and so, yes. you know, if you, you change up the crew, you're going to get a different result. Sure. And that's, that's true sure. in movies. That's true in, in mm-hmm. TV. Um, there's a certain flavor that is in the crew that, you know, if you've, if you worked on it, you can see it when you watch the, the, the movie or the show or the totally. TV show. So, yeah, for sure, it's the it's the personalities involved, which is, you know, it's nice. It's it's that's kind of the artist hand, you know, that you're, yeah. you're sensing. Yeah, and that's what made SpongeBob so unbelievably special. They were just the perfect people in the perfect place at the perfect time, and you were there. So we would love to talk to you a little bit about like how did you get involved and when did you learn about this show? So I started working with Steve on Rocco. Uh, mm-hmm. He was, he had become the creative director when I the same season that I jumped up and became a storyboard artist. My partner was Mark O'Hare. Mark was Steve's storyboard artist. So mm. Steve and Mark already had a connection. You know, I came in. I just had a ton of energy, and I just thought, oh, let's make cartoons. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, Mark really had to like, all right, slow down, take it easy. You know, he was very methodical, um, and and just kind of would big would think and think and think about things, and I would present all mm. these ideas and he would think and think and redo. Steve is exactly that way too. He was he was very methodical, very kind of slow moving. You know, you could present him with a bunch of ideas. He wouldn't say yes or no right away. He would think about them. You know, he had this idea to do a show. He approached Mar- uh, uh, Robert Skull, who was a close friend of his, uh, who was another mm. storyboard director. But Robert was finishing Rocco and he was going to, I think he was going to get on a boat and he was going to sail the world and he was like, he needed a big break. He was done. <laughs> And wow. so he, he was unavailable. And then um, Steve also asked Mark if he was interested in uh, in working with him on this idea. And Mark had just sold a comic strip 
called Citizen Dog to uh, Universal Press. So he that was kind cool. of his big dream was to do comic strips. So he was kind of going off in that direction. And so I was in the room when Steve brought it up and Mark, <laughs> you know, Mark's really good at saying no. You know, he's like, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too busy doing this other thing. And so he left and then I was sitting there. <laughs> For me, I was so happy to be drawing storyboards and I knew Rocco was ending. You know, I said to Mark, like, boy, I would do that. And he's like, well, <laughs> said, go ask him. So I, I followed him out. Aww. I ran after him <laughs> into the hallway. Uh, I caught him in like there was an oh atrium and I'm like, hey, I would do it if you uh, need somebody. You know, if you can't find anybody, keep me in mind. And so, wow. wow. So then months later, months went by. And Steve was upstairs uh, finishing up Rocco, and I was downstairs on Arnold, and I just walked by, and we always talk and say hi. He started showing me little drawings, little doodles, and I remember when he showed me that square, the square SpongeBob for the first time. You know, he kind of he was working on like an amorphous SpongeBob originally was just like kind of a more realistic amorphous sponge, and yeah. at some point it clicked, and so he drew the square, and I'm and he showed it to me, and I was like, oh yeah, that's 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 it, that's that's really <laughs> good, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think you'd already decided on it, but it was the first time I saw it. And it was one of those moments of, you know, when you see something for the first time that you, like, it's something that totally makes sense, but no one had ever really done it before. Um, Yeah. And it was like kind of that moment of like, oh, that's a really genius idea. He uh, eventually, you know, approached me about it. And and so he hired me to work with him as he would develop the show. And his original idea was, let's do a storyboard. You know, let's let's write an episode. And so I'd go over to his house couple days a week after work and we would just kind of try to write an episode and then that quickly evolved into we don't really know enough about the character yet or the world to actually write an episode so Mm. it it eventually just became times we just get together and just talk about the characters you know we also you know had nick jennings working on uh backgrounds and painting style and you know trying to interpret steve's painting style into a show and then tim uh, Hill was also helping Steve organize it, and he would kind of bring up the, these hard questions about, you know, just from a writer's point of view, you know. And so it, it maybe took like nine months or something of Steve kind of working through until he got the Bible together, and then he pitched it. There it is, the finest eating establishment ever established for eating. The Krusty Krab, home of the Krabby Patty, with a help wanted sign in the window. For years, I've been dreaming of this moment. I'm going to go in there, march straight to the manager, look him straight in the eye, lay it on the line, and I can't do this! So wow. When, when That's you amazing. Were, it's so cool. When you, again, just to hear you very humbly, because we built this up. It's this big legendary thing and this piece of cartoon history that you guys were there for. And you're just like, I just walked by. Said what's up? So yeah, you know, it's so love fun. it. I love it. Do you remember anything that you guys came up with that didn't make it into kind of like a character or a story idea that you think it's kind of crazy to think that we even mentioned that all these years later? Like, can you recall anything that sort of fell on the cutting room floor, as it were? That's you know somebody or you threw out any kind of juicy you know little what ifs that that we don't know about? I remember when he first showed me Patrick. I forget what his name was, but he had a starfish and he was pink. And he was really angry looking. <laughs> and the idea was that that he would be this like angry character who was really mad about being pink. And he was like this macho guy, but he hated the fact that, you know, Whoa. people didn't think he would, you know, he just had this chip on his shoulder because he was pink. And that was about a, a day because he showed that to me. And uh, <laughs> that's really what, what happened was that Steve would spend time working on things and then he would show we would talk about it and then i would just throw ideas back and just talk about it maybe doodle a little bit and then i would leave and then he would stew on it 
And then the next time he would have made some choices based on what we talked about. Um, and that, that process, the, how we worked, that's, that's kind of how it worked all the way through was that I would give Steve a couple ideas and then I would go take a walk. And by the time I got back to the conference room, it gave him time to think and be on his own for a minute. And then he was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I forget what I said about the, <laughs> the bully Patrick version. And uh, <laughs> when I came back the next time, he was like, oh, no, no, it's going to be, I think he's going to be the friend, the dumb guy. It was way closer to the Patrick, you know. So that was, that was definitely yeah. one, one Amazing. version. Yeah. What kind of place is this? There's no water in here. It's time to tell you. The show is picked up and you sit down and you start making help wanted. I mean, as you're doing this and you're creating this did you have a sense that this was gonna be like a big hit or were you just kind of having fun like you've been doing uh, yeah. up until this point well i mean i i was coming off of rocco and and just really being in love with the process of storyboarding and storyboard writing when we finally got to do you know and then i was on hey arnold for a long time and then i was on cat dog during this period so i got to do it a little bit mm -hmm. but when we got to finally do help wanted i was just really excited to do it and steve was such a funny guy he was he was such a good joke writer and you work with people that are um really good or really better than you it it, it kind of forces you to i gotta really get my a game on so it was definitely <laughs> intimidating but um but super fun i was very proud of it and i just thought people are gonna love this thing you know but again you don't know i mean there were like there were definitely people that did not love it uh i remember when we showed <laughs> the finished pilot to a conference room full of people it was like a couple shows worth of people were just all piled into this conference conference room while watching it and it definitely got laughs but it was not like people weren't like stripping their clothes off like this is the greatest thing ever it was just yeah. kind of like <laughs> i you know, like uh, i remember one guy went to me he's like yeah it was good it was cute i goes i don't know where you're gonna go with it it's like he got the job <laughs> he was yeah but i you know i was i loved it i was i was really proud of it and and uh and, and thought it was it was exactly what I wanted to do. I think that's really funny. Like I don't know where you're going to go with it, and then 20 years later, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just, yeah, no, he, he, so I, I've seen him since, and he was like, "Hey, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong." That's great. So. That's great. That's awesome. Um, Hector, I think we have to stop the interview here because yes. there's too much information. There's too much good tea that is still yet to be spilled, and too so. Much. We're excited to announce this is a two-parter, everybody. So <laughs> make sure you come back next week to hear the rest of our amazing interview with Derek Dryman about all things SpongeBob and all the origin stories about where he was, when it happened. Amazing, amazing interview to come. So make yeah. sure you check that out next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in a week for part two. Bye.